Ganthian Point is the toe of the Broome Peninsula, jutting out into the northwest corner of Roebuck Bay. For over a hundred years, it's been the site of Broome's skeletal lighthouse. But the stories of Ganthian Point stretch back in time over thousands and even millions of years. Come on a tour of the history and dinosaur footprints that make Ganthian Point an extraordinary part of Australia's coastline. The area was named after the French naval admiral, Joseph Gantom, by French explorer Nicolas Baudin. Baudin sailed past what would later become Broome in 1801. Philip Griffiths is an architect and member of the Heritage Council of Western Australia, who surveyed Ganthian Point Lighthouse for its heritage values. He explains that by 1900, the town of Broome was 17 years old and growing rapidly. Ganthian Point had become a hazard to the increased shipping traffic, particularly that relating to the pearling and livestock industries. And in 1905, a lattice tower was built on a sandstone foundation with a lighthouse keeper's quarters and the light was commissioned. And that was a simple um, steel lattice frame structure, a bit smaller than the tower that's there today. It was all painted white and it had a kerosene uh, lantern on top of it. When you arrive at the Ganthian Point car park, you're greeted by a large stone fireplace and chimney, standing strangely alone. Philip Griffiths explains. Well, if you're getting out of your car and walking towards the tower, the first thing you see is what's left of the keeper's quarters. Each of the isolated lighthouses had keeper's quarters like this one. They were usually very simple cottages to a standard plan, four rooms. The lattice tower is the third tower to be built on this very similar location. They shifted them around each time. As you walk on, the lighthouse looms up before you, as Philip Griffiths describes. As you walk towards the tower and pass it and turn around and face the tower with your back to the sea, you can see the foundations of some of the previous towers, also um, constructed in stone. first tower was manned. It had to be lit and maintained and fueled with kerosene. So you can imagine the keeper having to climb up the tower and um, service the lights, turn them on, clean them and so on. The second tower was built in 1917, very similar, but it was an acetylene tower, so the fuel source was at the base and the acetylene was going up to the light and much less work for the light keeper to do. The second tower stayed in place until 1984 and in the 1980s there was a new regime of towers and that was to build them in highly durable marine grade stainless steel which is the tower you see today. The change then was made to the power source being electricity because it was near to the town supply. The other thing you notice about the tower on the platforms is that they're a popular nesting place for ospreys and the ospreys in a way act as sentinels because no-one's going to climb up there when they're in nesting. Ganthian Point is also well-known for dinosaur footprints preserved in the colourful broom sandstone. The National Heritage-listed footprints are highly valued by paleontologists. Just near the sign at the end of the path are some replica footprints. Local researcher Nigel Clark takes up the story of the dinosaurs that left prints like these in a very different broom 130 million years ago. This is good-sized replicas of Megalosauropus brumensis. Well, based on top of those things was a carnosaur, a bit like a small version of a tyrannosaur. This one was probably about two metres high at the shoulder, about uh, four to five metres long. 
and a fast, mobile, dangerous predator. Broome was a very different place. For a start, it wasn't here, it wasn't in the tropics, because you've got to remember that when these dinosaurs were walking around here, this bit of land was way south of Tasmania, because this was a stage where uh, continental drift was really firing up, and the Australian plate hadn't moved very far, it just was splitting off from the Antarctic plate. We probably couldn't have quite seen the coast from here, but it would have been uh, not far away, perhaps just over the horizon. We'd be standing in uh, Channel Country, sort of getting near the deltas. Not much in the way of plant life. There is, of course, the usual Gondwana vegetation of cycads, dawn redwoods and monkey puzzles and all that sort of thing. There's some very good plant fossils up the coast a bit and a few around here, but as far as we can tell, these animals weren't in heavily forested areas when they were leaving their prints. If you're at Ganthian Point during a low tide of 1.7 metres or less and calm sea conditions, then you can make your way down into the intertidal area and see the real 130 million year old dinosaur footprints. But be warned that the terrain becomes rough, steep, unstable and slippery. You should only attempt to climb down to the intertidal area if you're fit and healthy and wearing sturdy non-slip footwear. It's not recommended to search for the footprints after dark and take note of all warning signs. Turn right at the replica footprints and make your way through the boulders toward the rock platform. But keep your eyes peeled for fossils. At the moment we're just looking at probably cycad roots, nicely fossilised on a boulder and there's uh, a few other examples around if you keep your eyes open. It has the, the sort of structure that we're all familiar with, with uh, root systems. Also if you look closely they have rather a honeycomb look to them, which is uh, sort of what's left over after the fossilisation process. Down on the rock platform you can see Anastasia's pool. Former Perler and Broome policeman Patrick Percy modified this natural rock pool to allow his wife to bathe and find relief from the heat and her arthritis. The Percys bought the lighthouse keeper's quarters in 1922, after the lighthouse was automated. If you turn left here, you can make your way down the rocky ramp to the intertidal area. Once down, you need to make your way out towards the water's edge, then turn left and search for the telltale three-toed footprints of the predatory theropods. There's a nice Megalosauropus print here that's a bit covered by sand, so I'm just going to give it a bit of a wash off so we can have a better look at it. It's quite an interesting print, this one, uh, for, an, for a number of reasons. It's quite well preserved and there's quite a bit of uh, detail in, in the bottom of it, including a very nice uh, heel mark there, which you don't often see. There's remnants of claw marks, particularly on that one, you can see it quite clearly, and uh, also evidence of the pads on the bottom of the feet. When paleontologists have a look at that, by measuring and analysing a trackway, they can work out how big the animal was, how fast it was travelling, whether it was accelerating or decelerating or turning corners. Also, where you get nicely preserved bottom features like this, they can tell about the construction of the foot and how big it was. If you're impressed by the prints of this five metre long predator, hold on to your hats because Ganthium Point was once home to the biggest animals to have ever lived. A sauropod was the enormous four-legged plant eaters, you know, the, the, the old term was brontosaurus and we have prints around here that were at least as big as the largest land animals ever recorded, at least 30 metres long, at least 70 tonnes, vast beyond imagining. There is evidence of herds of them travelling together and, and rolling and doing all sorts of things but there is a bit of evidence of them here at Gantian Point as well. They're a little bit harder to pick, once you get an eye for them you can definitely see them here. 
you need to keep walking around the point towards the south for about 30 metres, making your way closer to the cliff. This area we're looking at here is all been affected by the passage of sauropods. You can pick it out by the sort of circular structures. You have to be a little bit careful with print size when you're looking at underprints, which is what they call these, these compression features because they do end up wider than the actual print itself. But yes, that would be a, a good 1.2, probably 1.4. We certainly have animals around here that made actual prints 1.4 metres across. It's going to be a massive tree trunk of a leg that would go up to a shoulder six or seven metres off the ground and the back would probably be another couple of metres above that again and this animal of course very long tail and thin long neck but it would be stretching a vast distance in either direction. From giant dinosaurs and over a hundred years of the site of Broome's Lighthouse, Ganthian Point is a place with a lot of stories to tell. Wander around and explore then sit on an ancient rock looking over the Indian Ocean and let your imagination bring these stories alive.